The threads are combining. The web is weaving. Yeah, it is. The X-Men are ensnared. Oh, ensnared. What a word. And Venom's here. And Venom's here. Right, we got Venom. We got Deadpool. We got Spider-Man. Is this an X-Men podcast? It is. It is. Welcome to the X-Wife podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Justin. Excited for Spider-Man. Yeah, we got we got a lot of the Spider Verse up in our comics today, and it's only gonna get more and more next week. And I'm not mad about it. I I'm, won't lie to you. I'm glad. We'll see how long that lasts. I I'm enjoying. I'm having Dark judgment. Web. I'm having Judgment Day flashbacks. I just you I'm, are no no for you. I'm just I'm just preempting the concern, and maybe it's just you've learned. You know, you've learned that lesson. You, no, it's under your belt. And, Look at me. Look at me in the eyes. It's not a lesson. It's a difference of a story I like and a story I don't like. All right. Okay? Good. I love Dark Web. I'm here for the whole thing. I have no complaints. All right. Great. So anyway, today, y'all, we're talking about some comics. Let's tell you what they are. What are they? There's Marvel Voices number 28 and 29. We missed the it Snick last week. Family Vacation continues. X-Men Unlimited number 65. Dark Web, The Amazing Spider-Man, number 15. Deadpool, number 2. Legion of X, number 8. And Dark Web X-Men, number 1. Wow. Wow. Look at them all. So many. But but first... The news. I said but but first. But but first. That doesn't make any sense. Hey, Immortal X-Men is the IGN winner of Best Comic Arc or Graphic Novel. Kieran Gillen, Lucas Wernock, hailed I by mean, this award. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. I think that they're dope, and I'm happy for them. I sense a but. I just don't. I would choose X-Men Red. Okay. I mean, we talked about this a little bit off the air, and the... um. The reasonings that you were talking about as far as like the cohesive arc and the story thread and all of that being like a more singularly focused book versus X-Men Red kind of bouncing around between different areas of Krakoa and things like that. Is that what I said? You said the first part was why you think it won. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the and they specifically cite this. The grandness of the plot, mm -hmm. the connections to Powers of Ten, and just that delivery on threads already started. But I, I'd argue that there are threads in X-Men Red that connect back to early days of Hickman. Yeah. Right? And Vulcan and just everything that's going on with Mars and Araco. And I was reading the data page the other day of... Sinister's breeding pits, and, mm. and they refer to it repeatedly as Mars, the breeding pits on Mars, where the chimeras come from. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, it's still super dope. So congrats to the Immortal team for yes, that. Yes, yes. Speaking of Judgment Day. Oh, God. AXE Judgment Day lands on EW's best comics of 2022 list. Your face. Oh, my God. I wish I had my camera. Who, uh... Entertainment mm, Weekly. Disagree. Yeah. Dis Entertainment Weekly, I disagree strongly. Well, you know, that's that's part of the conversation that we have week to week. And it's what we involve right. with other people is that 
different strokes for different folks. That's true. And if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. That's, That's fine. Yeah, someone else will like something else. Just, and the one thing that I do want to get out is don't don't try to take other people's enjoyment down. And no. I'm not saying you're doing that, but no. you know there are some people on crusades that like. Well, if I don't enjoy it, you shouldn't either. Right, right. If you don't enjoy it, that's great for you and your experience. But other people do. Right. Oh, man. The triggering news items continue. Oh, God. The excellent returns. <laughs> what do you mean? This is another five-issue miniseries. Five? Five-issue miniseries. It's not an ongoing. What do we have left to talk about? I don't know. They're going to continue it more. I think it's odd that they're just doing it in like these five-issue inst- five installments. Some people like the excellence, so you know what? That's excellent. That's excellent for them. (laughs) I don't even know if we'll read it. We have to. No, we don't have to. We don't have to. It's an X book. Yeah, but it's not. We're here for Krakoa. No, we're not. We're We're largely here for Krakoa. Speaking of X-Men and questionable if I want to actually put myself through it, Rob Liefeld doing something with Deadpool. Deadpool, batter blood. You know oh. who Rob Liefeld is, right? Yes. Guy can't draw feet or hands. Yes. And he wrote and drew that terrible Captain America comic that. The one that the first comic that I really ever the like, actual sat down first and read. comic, and I told you stop, put that down. You said don't read that. Don't read that. That will <laughs> harm your brain. That will do the opposite of what I want you to do with comics. Yeah, he's got a five issue miniseries with Deadpool, Cable, and Wolverine. Oh, well, see, I was going to say maybe we don't have to, but you then you added in Cable and Wolverine, and I feel like it's got to be red and at least high level covered. I feel like that's what we've we've grown to do, right? We we read a book with the just, just mutants in it. Just because we've done something repeatedly doesn't make it the right decision. Right, but maybe people listen to our podcast and want to know about those books be, so they don't have to read them. Maybe we're doing them a service. There you go. All maybe right. they're like, I don't want to read that, but Justin Alicia will give me a high-level recap. So. There you go. Okay. You know, we have a duty to the people. It's just you buy a book, it supports the book's continuance. Yes, that's true. It, I have nothing else to say. On that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great. <laughs> Iron Man, the movie, is being inducted into the National Film Registry of the Library of Congress. Oh. Yeah. Iron Man and the original Little Mermaid. I thought you might also find that. Oh, the original Little Mermaid. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Timeline-wise, it's interesting because like, they came out at very different times. Sure. So I think like, I think it's just like, hey, we're, we're giving Disney some attention. Yeah. Is Iron Man the chosen one because it was the first? I think so. Of the uh, beginning of the MCU. And just what it signifies mm-hmm. for what's to come. What and, comes after it. Yeah. And it largely is hailed as a very good movie. Mm-hmm. Feelings about Tony Stark aside. Yeah, let's. He had a new comic this week that Tony. I was talking with. Yeah, Tony. That I was talking with Warline about. And Phelong is a key player in it. And oh, this, interesting. And this rivalry between Phelong Industries and Tony Stark Industries. That's cool. Right. And the moment of the Hellfire Gala and them interacting was specifically referenced. Oh. Yeah. Nice. It's written by Jerry. Oh, you're not going to get me to read it. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I, I'm going to read it when it's on Marvel Unlimited, but currently I'm all set. Great. Tell me about it. I'll tell you about that poll. We had three entries. Oh, snap. You voted in it, so you might have a sneak peek no, on the results. I literally tried so hard to just like <laughs> vote tap. 
Like, vote, look, vote, look away. Look away, tap the screen, go look to the away. next. Don't right. cheat. Legion of X number eight, Dark Web, X-Men number one, and Deadpool number two. Okay, I'm going to say that Dark Web X-Men won, and I'm going to give it like 63%. Wow, she's she's like revealing her mutant power, y'all. <laughs> 62% for Dark Web X-Men number one. Which, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I really enjoyed Legion of X this week mm. and was like, uh, which did I enjoy more? Ooh. Back and forth, back and forth. But I also really enjoyed Dark Web X-Men. So, so I'm, then, I'm happy that it's there. Then I believe Legion of X was the second. Yeah. And let's see, 62. So that's giving me 38% left to play with. So I'm going to go 20 Seven percent Legion of X, eleven percent, twenty nine percent, and nine percent. Wow, I'm good. You're getting good. You're I'm getting, getting good. good. It's I know the it's people. Spooky. I it's know. Spooky, Alicia. I'm sorry. I got a, a quick like personal aside. Okay. Uh, so I was having lunch with a coworker the other mm-hmm. day, and we were talking about a new coworker. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, who's really nice? Who's like genuinely really nice? Carrie. She's really nice, super nice. And I'm sitting there, and I was like. What are you trying to tell me? I'm not nice? Like, am I not Am I not nice? Am I not nice? And he looks at me and he's like, I mean, you're nice, but like, you have an edge. You have an edge. Is and that the first time someone's ever said that to you? Yeah, kind of. Like, like, And and honestly, I went off in a, in a very <laughs> excited way. You're so happy to have an edge. And I, I started quoting Immortal X-Men number two. <laughs> And I was like, you speak to me and it is a revelation. (laughs) You have shared insight on myself and I see myself more clearly. (laughs) I was like, put this on my gravestone. You have an edge. He's nice, but with an edge. That's, you know, it's not altruistic. Something that just popped into my head randomly while you were talking that doesn't really have anything to do with what you were saying is also a personal aside is when I was traveling to LA Comic-Con on the flight to LA. So I had essentially three flights um, there. When I got on the second flight, there was a girl. Her name was Vanessa. She sat uh, next to me and she was on that flight and my connecting flight. So we were just like chatting it up. And, you know, she and I were talking about this and that and like she's a bartender and just – just goes to show you you just never know like who's a secret super nerdy x-men fan because i said something and then she was like oh and i was wearing my x-men hoodie and she was like and also i love the x-men and i was like oh do you and then we went on a whole thing about that so i was just like that was a wonderful moment of just like (laughs) meeting this stranger on a plane finding x-men fans everywhere finding x-men fans everywhere so shout out, Vanessa, if you're listening. What's up, girl? I hope you had so much fun on your vacation. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you guys really get to know each other. No, we really did. Like, well, I know a lot about her, but I won't share all of that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> Speaking about getting to know each other on a trip, the family snicked. The family snicked vacation. Marvel Voices number 28 and 29. Parts two and three of this ongoing. Basically. And, and we're going. We're going. Basically, what we're getting in part two is Logan Logan, Logan buying into Gabby's adventure. He's and full on dad mode. He's for it. He's got a guy who's got an RV 
and they're going. I love the diagram of their staked out areas mm-hmm. of the RV and just no crossing. You got the teenagers, I, I assume, in the back. <laughs> the angsty teens right. in the back. You get the kid who's just happy to be alive and doing stuff with her family. In the and, middle. And Wolverine just <laughs> struggling to keep both of those at balance. But also, don't come near me with your pet friend. Uh, I'll be here in the front driving. Please leave me alone. The the moment of Laura telling Akira to put on a shirt. Oh, my gosh. Like, Why would I do that? Why? What because are you talking about? it's not just any shirt. It's the Snicked family shirt. Right. And you've got to wear it. Uh, but then the lost kid right. sends them into action. So they part part three, we get to this mine. We're going on a tour. <laughs> Scooby Doo this crap. It's going to Scooby Doo it. What is that from? Someone said that recently. Uh, no comic. Way Home. Oh, in No Way Home. Yeah. Doctor Strange said that to, to the Spidey Friends team. Um, any hoodle. There's a missing kid, so. Let's find that kid's hat. We'll all give it a good sniff and uh, we'll split up and, and go looking. What what would Wolverine do? Like, don't do anything I wouldn't do, Gabby. Right. What wouldn't Wolverine right. do? I mean, so like go into this restricted area? Yes, of course. Yeah, ride the zip line down into the caves? 100%. You would do that, so it's okay for me. Find the kid into a, a sinkhole? Yep, with and... This- Save the kid by creating a chain of snicked shirts. Yeah, a little shirt ladder with Jonathan on the end. Oh, getting squished. Oh, so the kid is saved. They bring him back to his family. And then Jonathan gets a little rowdy. We're getting more and more triggered as we get to the end because I think we're both on the same page. Yeah. So Jonathan gets a little rowdy and Gabby sends him back to the RV. And then she gets back in the RV and she's trying to talk to him, but he's just not responding because he's been kidnapped. He's not there. The family who, who just got their child saved just steals stole him. Jonathan. They're like, ooh, got a new souvenir. How rude. He is a person. That is, I mean, he is a... He is not a He's person. a Wolverine, but yeah. he has a personality. Yeah. Unacceptable. So I guess we'll find out next time on The Family Snicked what happens next, where Jonathan goes to and how we get him back. Both parts written by Stephanie Williams, art by Alan Robinson, colors KJ Diaz, and letters Joseph Bino. Joseph that Bino. Just, that took a turn for me. I was really enjoying it on so many levels. The the fun family bonding, mm-hmm. in-character moments, a little side adventure, and then the family making me all sorts of big mad. Well, you know, we need to have a, a rescue mission. Otherwise, it can't be a Wolverine story. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, yeah, I get that. You know. X-Men Unlimited number 65? X-Men Unlimited number 65. I don't care for this story that much. What? This issue or this story? Just like the arc is feeling you were... uneventful. Okay. Is it because Charles is in the focus in this no, issue? No, no. It's just like it... Alternate universe time story? Or... I don't know. It's just not exciting to me. All right. But it doesn't matter. It's This isn't about my opinion. This is about what the story is. Mixture. It's both. <laughs> it's, it's kind of the podcast. So, you know, it's still the age of apocalypse. Yeah. They're squaring off our teams. We're uh, deep in the fight. And they get jumped by this teleported in group of apocalypse's mutants the i i really enjoyed the fight scene and the narration from charles just 
talking about the difference of what happened to these people because he wasn't there to mm-hmm. be there for them, to, to try and show them, like, no, this is what we could work towards. This is a better way. And they fell under the sway of apocalypse. I thought that was really poignant to his impact and influence on the X world. Yes. And this little mid-battle education with, what is it, Proteus, I think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prefer when we're in the field, you call me Professor X. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how, how's how's everything with Moira in your world? Let's uh, not talk about it, Charles. I don't, 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 don't want to know. I don't need to talk about that. <laughs> and then the the powering up, leveling up of Krakoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he steps on Alex. I don't know if you saw yes. that in one of the panels as he's walking away, and they head Poor towards Alex. Apocalypse. And yeah, so I'm assuming maybe the conclusion is the next one or two I believe more? this is part four, so we have two more. It's a six-issue arc. Two more. Written by Jordan Blum, art by Salva Espen, colors Israel Silva, letters Joe Sabino. He sees Joe Sabino. So you're, you're out on the AOA. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is, Charles. I think, you, I think it is because you were hot and cold from yet last week i thought you were really into it you were like am i gonna get to see rogue in action i mean and I, I did two and weeks I, ago i did i got to see her in action and i was excited but yeah maybe it was that it was like a whole voiceover of charles being like look at what the world turned into without me i'm so important i'm so important and i'm educated and these are dumb people who are not educated and they don't know they didn't get basic telepathy you know, blockage training and and uh, what else did he say? Oh, hold on. What else am I mad about? Oh yeah, everybody always said my mutant power, my greatest strength is my telepathy, <laughs> but really it was being a good teacher. I wrote that down in my notes and then I I scrapped it just because of where you were at, <laughs> and I was like, I don't I don't need to rock the boat anymore. Uh, know when to temper it it's fine we've been we've been together for a while i know when to poke the bear and when When to to. run away and hide in a tree Uh, (laughs) metaphors are fun hey are we going we're going high level on spider-man right oh okay let's go high level on spider-man well i just feel like that i think largely the dark web that are not relevant to you get a little flavor yeah you get some some aspects right we're getting our demon attack okay but oh oh, we got it we got to do a page turn noise. We got to talk about the cover. We got to talk about the cover. Okay. It's, it's okay. high level. It's not no level. Okay. Was, yeah. We're not <laughs> skipping all the things. Honestly, this cover, um, Venom looks weird. Yeah. The little jaw displacement. I think it's like the line of the fist and the jaw. Well, and it's also his size comparative to what he looks like in the comic. He like should in the be comic, bigger. he looks like Venom. Like he looks yeah. like classic Venom, who is who we're playing with right now, mm-hmm. which we've got some gripes on that later. I'm still, I just like, I can't wait to just clear a giant spot on the floor and connect all these covers. I tried to do it. And I wonder if there's like a key. There's got to be. There's got to be some kind of hint of what goes where. Tell us where we get it. All right, here we go. Page turn noise. But a mini one. Because it's high level. So I really enjoyed this issue. Great. A lot. I think it's super fast paced. We're jumping around. We're jumping around a lot. I will say that that was partially a negative in my mind. I oh, feel like, interesting. I feel like it jumped around in so many different places, more as like doing heavy lifting to set the table. Like there was 
just the the one page with Kamala Khan. It was like, oh, we'll follow that in, in this miniseries. I, I liked that. I liked seeing in Kamala, but I thought that in relation to how many other spots it did like, oh, and here's a plot point that will follow in a story. And here's a plot point that will follow in a story. It just didn't feel like there was much of a story to this issue itself. Ooh. It was a connective tissue piece. A connective to issue a connective issue you get it come on give it to me laugh no no No. roar (laughs) okay well either way strollers are trying to eat babies but nah full on coming full on inferno we're in inferno (laughs) it's all around us and you'll know what that means soon enough because it's coming it's coming it's coming Broken down. Venom's here. He's saving people. He's kissing babies. And but he's, he's here to remind us that he's still ready to eat Spider-Man's and, brain. And he's not to be confused with Spider-Man. The, no, no. The gleeful insanity in this page. I like, love it. I, I love it so much. It's so ridiculous. But it is something that I pointed out. I, I read the, the text on the title page. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to Warline because... He had commented last week about like, what's going on with Venom? How yeah. is he like this? What's what's happening? And we have a specific reason why. In a desperate bid to return to Earth and find his son, Eddie Brock made a deal with Goblin Queen that reverted him and his symbiote into the untamed Venom of the past. Supposedly going to be explored and explained in Venom issue 14 as part of Dark Web. Well, there you go. But there was no, like, if you didn't read that. I didn't actually. And then I there was, was really enjoying it. And that's the first time I've, like, skipped the summary of a, of a title page. And there I was, was like, like move on. one line about it last issue in Dark Web number one where mm-hmm. it was like, oh, we made him a little more malleable. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? It's just, he is in no way the Venom, Venom of current comics. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and Warline even points out later on that. His son, Dylan, is technically Venom as we know him. Oh, like interesting. That kind of Venom. Like, Venom is like the symbiote god, the king in black from oh. multiple time points. Cool. Anyway, this issue written by Zeb Wells, pencils by Ed McGinnis, inks by Cliff Rothburn, colors by Marcio Menez, letters Joe Caramagna. This is Joe Caramagna. That cover by John Runa Jr., Scott Hanna, and Marcio Menyes. Ah, uh, so you know, <laughs> Peter is on his way to connect with Norman, which we get a nod to in our X Men book. Yeah, and watch out because Ben's there and he's not happy. And also, don't call him Ben because he's working. working. Yeah, he's getting a little spider monologue as he's swinging through the streets, ignoring all of these demonized things. He's got bigger fish to fry. And then Ben Chasm. Uh, admits that hey i'm up to silliness i'm up to no good i'm the reason why this is going on maybe you should also deal with the guy that's sneaking up behind you he he it's venom i thought you might say that which is why your spidey sense just started tingling oh wait wait no it doesn't work with him does it i didn't know that which is cool oh you didn't i did not know that peter's spidey sense did not work with venom i'm pretty sure it also doesn't work with chasm at least oh is it because they're like of the same well i i guess with with chasm he's a clone of him so that would make sense but why is it with with venom i'm pretty sure it has something to do with the fact that the symbiote initially bonded with With Peter, peter and because of the fact that it 
it knows Peter copied essentially Peter's mm. abilities, mannerisms. Like so that's he why can't I, detect it as bad because it's like a part of him, kind of. That's why Venom looks like a dark version of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You know, other symbiotes don't necessarily look have like that. that emblem on their chest and look like that. Yeah. I just love Venom. I love how much fun he has being evil. Yeah. No, this is... And the giant, ha, ha, he, he, ha, ha. And this is like monster Venom size. Yeah. They fight. Venom versus Spider-Man. He wants your brains. As Ben is off going through his special trinkets. Ben's doing some witchcraft. And uh, Kamala's there for a hot second. She almost reveals herself. By accident, yeah. By saying, I work here. Just kidding. My friend Kamala works here. I'm Miss Marvel. Yeah. Does your good friend know Peter Parker? I'm planning a party and I need guests. She's maybe aware of him. And then, you know, we get the nod to if you want more of that, check out Miss Marvel. Back to Spider-Man v. Venom. More fights, more smashing. Spider-Man runs off. And where has our friend Ben gone to? But the office of the one, the only, J. Jonah Jameson. Which I was reading in on his history because of Warland pointed out the fact that later on it's mentioned Spider-Man and J. Jonah Jameson are allies right now. Like mm. he knows, Jonah knows Spider-Man's identity. <gasps> yep. And they do not have beef. Oh but there is like, there's like a one line reference to Jonah's going to roast my chestnuts or something yeah. like that in the X-Men issue. Yes. Oh my God. That's crazy. I did not know that. But. That feels almost wrong in my soul. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And it almost makes me think is Jonah getting reverted? You know, everyone's getting reverted back to Inferno times. Is is that something that's happening right here? Is he getting taken over? We've, we've seen in Sins of Sinister that he is going to get taken over eventually. Oh, yeah. By a, he's going to be a sinister version of himself. Yeah. This whole situation. Oh, with the trees? With the trees. Yeah, I love, I it. love it. So it's like, okay, I'm going to threaten these demon trees with fire. They're going to scream it's such a high-pitched rate that it's going to disrupt the symbiote to free Eddie, essentially, so he can come back and, and Peter can try to figure out, like, what's going on with you? Why are you like this right now? But then stop, because someone's here that looks a lot like... You look a lot like Gene. I've heard. Let's not talk about it. We don't need to it. say it. That's I'm kind to, of the whole problem, Peter. I'm here doing some stuff. I'm taking Eddie with my mailbox octopus. Demons. And we're going, oh, look, our friend is back. He's done what he needed to do. He's back to fight you to Face be continued. between Spider-Man and Chasm. Big picture, what'd you think? I really enjoyed this issue. This was one of my favorite issues of the week, honestly. What? I was really into both dark webs. I... Love the writing, the Spider-Man writing, the dynamic of the characters, the little quips and the jokes. And I honestly like how it was such a an easy read in that like it just kept moving and I was getting the story, but I didn't have to decipher a lot of information. It was hmm. just like, boop, here we are over here. We're fighting over here. And I thought... You know, I hear what you're saying about the bouncing around, but I thought for me that made it feel like it was continuously moving and we were just getting like little scenes of how in depth this plan that Maddie and Ben and Vedum and Hollow's Eve like that they have and seeing all the elements of it and how all these different characters are going to play into it. 
Yeah, I mean that that was my only gripe. Yeah. Is that as I was going through it the first time, it just felt I don't want to say disjointed, but it felt like okay, we're over here a little bit, we're over here a little bit. But I, I hear what you're saying too. We kind of laid out the big picture in Dark Web number one, and now Spider Man is it's his event mm-hmm. really. You know, the X Men are tying into right. it with a three issue mini, mm-hmm. but it is a Spider Man event, and how does it ripple through his life? Because right. all the other tie ins, you know, it, it's going to Black Cat and Mary Jane, it's going to Gold Goblin, it's going to Venom, it's going to Ms. Marvel, all people that are more explicitly tied to Spider Man versus the X Men with their three issue mini. Right. And I think the other thing too is because there have been so many Spider-Man movies, different iterations, you've seen different villains, you've seen different comics referenced in all the different movies, Spider-Man is another connection point I have to the Marvel Universe outside of the X-Men that I feel closer to in an understanding. And so I know who Venom is. I know who Jameson is. I understand these characters and these points. I know who Norman is, you know? So like... I'm feeling connected to all the different things and, and invested. I'm invested in the Spider-Man universe. So I'm going to start leaving out issues from the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> run. This is not the first time you have expressed interest in this run. No, I actually, I really like it. And I really, I, I just, I find Spider-Man himself and the characters in the universe as characters that I feel like I can connect with easily. Well, that's always been Spider-Man's bread and butter, right? right? Is that he's, the champion of the relatable man you know he is all of us he has the the worries of the human versus the worries of a superhero yeah and i'm gonna say something and i just don't let it go to your head okay? it will but like it's already my head is growing but like the things i like about spider-man tie to also things i like about you like i see the the <laughs> the silly little quips and like the things like that are like connection points where i'm like i'm on his side and i connect with him and there's like a love i have for him about to marry you all over again (laughs) you just called me (laughs) spider-man yeah so play the tape (laughs) you we could play it over and over again my ringtone (laughs) merry christmas my love um yeah no i just i I really like spider-man so i really enjoyed this issue i like a fast-paced issue i like that it kept me bouncing it got me intrigued in all the different points And it's making me also really interested in Ben because when I was going into this from the beginning, I felt very much like that dark web was was about Maddie and Ben was sort of a pawn. But the more like this issue made it feel like it was more of a partnership. And even though she is in charge, essentially, like he has authority and he has an agenda just as much as she does. And that's really exciting to me to know that like, it feels more like an equal playing field for the two of them than just Maddie being in charge. Yeah. Well, you know, there are many ways that this could splinter off into other things. Mm-hmm. So you just let me know what else you want to read. <laughs> and I think that that's a benefit that you are having in this moment is that you're not weighed down by the continuity of it mm-hmm. all. You're right. not you're not trying to rationalize, well, that doesn't make sense with this. Right. This doesn't make sense with that. I'm upset because this is missing from this character's development. Right. Well, that's what I was saying last episode too, right? Like trying to, for all of us to go into it with a, with an open mind of like this event is an, is its own thing. And not letting it direct or, or not not having to have those answers and just like let it be what it is. And then 
and enjoy it for what it is. And then when it's over, depending on how things go back, that's when you can get like nitpicky about how it affects the the grand scheme of things. Just enjoy the ride. Yeah. Gravel Road Cosplay said that the art in ASM is great. Agreed. It really works well for Venom's crazy proportions and Spidey's poses. Yeah. I yes, the art in this was beautiful. I we had it. we had two general questions that I forgot to put at the beginning, but they work perfectly right here. Okay, so I'm going to ask them get now. Them. Let's go. House of Rhetorica asked, "Should I read Dark Web?" And I responded to them directly just because I wasn't sure mm-hmm. are they going to skip this section of the podcast because they don't want spoilers. Right. But it's a hard question in my mind to answer, especially as the event's just getting started. Yeah. You know, it is divisive amongst some fans, especially those partial to Ben Riley. Everin isn't enjoying it, and that's putting it politely. <laughs> but he also wasn't enjoying the Amazing Spider-Man run. So I think mm. that that's hard to say, right? It's, it's right. where are your reactions towards where Spider-Man's stories are currently? That might give you a little bit more insight right did you read new mutants and will you be upset by that character growth of maddie kind of being taken away Mm -hmm. or at least being shifted in perspective and not explained right i'm enjoying it but we're still early days i don't expect it to be life-changing but it's fun and i'm having fun with it i think that is the number one takeaway for me it's fun yeah it's it's an exciting fun story so i say read it but you know what do i know Gonzalo said, Simon is the little brother, Kieran the older, Al the middle one. Elaborate. Are these the the different Simon? Well, Simon threw me because he's always referred to as Cy. Okay. So Cy Spurrier. Yeah, okay. Cy yeah. Spurrier, Kieran Gillen, and Al Ewing. And they are the architects spinning the web of Sins of Sinister, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, this brother's, Kieran is definitely the guy that's coming in like, hey, I brought a game. Let's all play in it. And I was like, oh, I've been in on this game before. And it's like, I just want to play. I just want to join in. <laughs> yeah, that seems to make sense. Yeah. It was the the comment last week. It was like when, when the Brits are writing X-Men <laughs> comics, good. we all win. Right? Yeah. Are you ready for Deadpool? I'm ready for it. What's that mean? I, it was Deadpool. I'm... It was good. Okay. I'm not upset by it. Oh. I really enjoyed this issue. I was kind of lukewarm on issue one, but this addressed some of the issues that I had with that one. And I felt like it hit on a lot more of the Deadpool character. The comedy, like I laughed a couple times out loud. This ranks number three in my list of comics for the week. Great. Number three. Let's talk about this cover. That homage to the Incredible Hulk issue 340. That homage to Bugs Bunny. What up, Ock? <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. What's up, Doc? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. I didn't know what you were talking about, so I had to throw in something. <laughs> All right, here we go. Page turn noise. New arms. Who dis? <laughs> I like this relationship that Deadpool has with his growing symbiote inside him. Yeah. Where it's like, are they friends? Are they foes? We don't really know at first. Is the symbiote just going to do what the symbiote is going to do? Or are they bonding together right. like a symbiote does? Like they do. Right. The fist bump. Yeah, the fist bump was good. What's your mission? Murder. The, <laughs> I thought the Deadpool character was starting off strong here. Mm-hmm. Just talking about Valentina. Yes. Valentine. He's 
He's got a love he's got to prove himself to, and he's just he's just trying to kill Doc Ock. He just really needs the Harrower to just be up out of his business so he can complete his mission. And so, you know, there's fights. There's action. It's happening. And we get to a title page. I'd hand you my heart, but there's currently a symbiote bursting out of it. Comrades at Arms and Arms and Arms. Written by Alyssa Wong. Art by Martin Kokolo. Colors, Niraj Menon. Letters, Josephino. Wow, Josephino. On the book books. Who's doing that cover? The same art team. Martin and Niraj. All right. Oh, yeah. Harrower's here, too, like you said. She's here. I love the... Wait, aren't you horticulture Augusta's grandniece? Not relevant right now, Octavius. Let's, let's focus. Let's keep to the fight. I've got some monsters, and they're breaking machines, which I thought was a cool rock band name. Monsters Breaking Machines. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. And <laughs> she... She's trying to get her symbiote. Doc Ock is upset that she's messing with his lab. So it's a very sloppy fight of who's against who, everybody against each other, but also sometimes people teaming up. Yeah. Uh, And Deadpool is going through his own stuff as the symbiote is trying to emerge from his stomach. Yes. He's having a moment. And, you know, it seems like things are not going to go well for him until, surprise... Someone else is here. I just, I love the the line. Oh, thanks, arms, bro. <laughs> and, then, and then the hand bursting out of his mouth. Yes, that is intense. Seems uncomfortable. But they're all fighting. Everything's happening. And then all of a sudden, out of the sky, Lady Deathstrike joins the story. Ghosted by Deadpool. She's so upset. She's like, bro, what the heck? You just like, we're supposed to be partners. I've been by your side literally this entire time, but you're so in your own mind and so like centered on your own goals to get this girl to like you that you're completely ignoring me. And then you go ahead and you disappear for 24 hours. And he's like, yo, yo, in my defense, I was kidnapped. So. Right. I love this page of Lady Deathstrike giving you the update of what had happened, the fact that she had been there, the little animated asides on the, yes. the corners. Yes, I love them. This text message conversation data page, too, I thought it was a really good use of it that mm-hmm. explores what was just talked about and the fact that just how Deadpool texts. What does UWU mean? It's an emotic, it's like a, a cheap emoji. You know, it's the U's are eyes and the W's is mouth. Oh, that's some Rick and Morty looking emoji. Yeah. All of his emojis are just text. Mm-hmm. He's not actually texting emojis. <laughs> oh, Deadpool. Fine. I'll handle it myself. Oh, yeah. The fight continues now. 2v2. Team up. Sort of. This panel with the two on one and the two on the other. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. 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 This fight isn't going all that well, though, for the Deadpool Deathstrike team. Yeah. Deadpool is really having a hard time focusing because, you know, he has this symbiote problem and he's going to need to go take care of it. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? Um, 
you can do this. I'm going to go. Don't let them get away. I'm running for it. It got to go. So he's basically got three people mad at him now. Yes. As he goes to Valentine's apartment. Mm. He needs some help. Some patching up. And we catch back up with our our villain squad. Then I'm like, all right, no, yeah, we'll team up. We'll do this. And then you can kill him and I'll get my revenge for him trying to murder me. Yes. And even... Once I get my symbiote back, everything's fine. Right. Even Lady Deathstrike is like, I'm going to make you regret me not being able to join the Artillier. Right. Well, he messed up their whole plan. So now not only is he not in, but she's not in. And that's not cool. Yeah. But this last page of Valentine and saying saying that he had not shown up, haven't seen him in this data page. Now, also, does she know that there's a piece of the symbiote on her? I don't know. I, I, or is that just a sneaky, sneaky symbiote and she's just lying to the atelier? I think that she's definitely got nefarious schemes in her mind, mm-hmm. right? To what extent, I'm not sure. This shadow of carnage Mm -hmm. but no visual of him on deadpool like when deadpool comes to valentine we don't see that he's symbiote infected right so she likely does not know that she has a symbiote on her is this now i don't know if if they're talking about the incubation period that Harrower is saying that it needs to depend on deadpool to be able to live for Mm -hmm. so long is that over? Is it now able to claim a new host? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. What if the symbiote gets on her and then all of a sudden all of the atelier become carnage infected? Nah. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Morning after is our tease for next issue. Ooh, scandal. What'd you think? I thought this was a fun issue. But it is a moment where I am wondering kind of how you were feeling last issue. Like, how does this tie into Krakoa? It doesn't. Yeah. I I had that problem last issue and I let it go. And now I'm just having fun. Now you're just having fun. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it is fun. I enjoy similarly to Spider-Man, but in a different tone. Like, I enjoy the comedy and the... Love the art. Yeah, the art is great. And it's, it's not like... I don't... I guess like the ease, because I don't want to say that it's simplicity because it's not like the stories are just simple, but it's that they're not like hard, you know, head scratching. It's not philosophical. Right. Like like we're about to get into more of with Legion of X. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like big picture. Got to decipher this. It's I'm going to kill this guy. No, I'm going to kill this guy. Yeah. No. Sex joke, sex joke, sex joke. (laughs) Yeah. Symbiote arms everywhere. Blood. Murder, violence, romance. Are you concerned about Wade? Has he fallen into a toxic relationship? Is this... It seems like a classic Wade thing to do. I'm not concerned. You're not concerned? No. He's fine. He'll get out of it eventually. He'll make it through. That's my theory. Warline is thinking that Aunt May is probably jealous of this horticulture lady hanging out with Doc Ock. They have had a thing. Oh, interesting. On and off, Aunt May and Dr. Octopus. Okay. Actually, most recently seen in the Beyond arc of Spider-Man, the last series. All right. Are you ready for Legion of X? Yeah, let's do it. I'm ready for you to tell me what the heck just happened in Legion of X, Oh, it was one of those, huh? Yeah. I read it, and I was like, okay, do I know what just happened? I'm unsure. 
I'm glad I have Justin to tell me. Oh, but let's just let's just bask in this righteous cover. I do love this it's cover. It's so beautiful. I was talking to Comic Extracts on it. He's on vacation this week, so he wasn't able to read comics ahead of time, but he was mm. just saying how beautiful this cover was. Yeah, it agree. is really beautiful. The details and the bubbles of the faces of people and even just just the the casual confidence of Mother Righteous. Yeah, she's just chilling with her orbs. Yeah. And I'm here for it. Here we go. Page turn noise. Old Flames talking as Chamber and Husk arrive at Warren's. Mm. So they dated, but oh, also Husk, Husk and, and Archangel. Yeah. Yeah. I got that one from That the one was text. more of a continuity issue or like more of a fan revolt mm. issue because of the age, age difference. difference. Yeah. But also like how they hooked up. I don't want to go into it. I don't want to know. <laughs> if, it's, if it's uncomfortable, just don't tell me. I don't yeah. want to know. Mm. In comes Dr. Nemesis just throwing sass left and right. He's just unhappy, which is ironic because Chamber's like, listen, I don't want to just blast through this because the last time I did, it kind of upset Dr. Nemesis. And then Dr. Nemesis is like, Chamber, why aren't you blasting through this? Well, it's it's part that, but also the subtext is reading, hey, let's just go get a drink. Let's talk about old times. <laughs> he's trying to slide into the DMs. He's, Ooh. He's, Archangel versus Nightcrawler. I love this top image of them fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the Black Knight's darkness takes over and joins the fight against Archangel. This is this is a battle that is treacherous because you don't know like what's going on with Archangel, right? Right. Not at least at this point, no. And then it's not just Archangel that has darkness within him as Nightcrawler He's getting a, a twist and a turn. This let us pray. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little uh, scary. It, it, like, when is he switching over to this same dark side? Like, how long right. did it take Archangel to get that way? And and what's gonna happen to Nightcrawler? Right, and just to see the visually affected speech bubbles, mm-hmm. and to know that okay, something's going on with Nightcrawler. There's a difference within him. I'm gonna knock him on the head. Boop. You can take a nap. Go to sleep, darling. I did learn something from this data page. Side note, Pixie loves Jackson. <laughs> what did you learn from the data page? I learned that uh, the the Black Knight is yep. a mutant. And from the subtext, that Beast has been watching them. Well, we learned that Jack's Jackie Chopra, the yes. Black Knight, was a mutant in that X-Men Black Knight. Yes, uh, I remember Doctor that Strange now issue. that you're saying that, right. yes. And that was where even it's quoted here in this data page that, oh, Jean found out about it but didn't want to tell her. Mm. And then Beast, yeah, it's definitely Beast in this assessment being a creep watching from the distance. And I also wonder, you know, what can I do with that sword that embraces and magnifies darkness? Mm-hmm. Frickin' Beast. Title page, Flight Risk. Family Ties, written by Cy Spurrier, pencils by Nito Diaz, inks by Sean Parsons, colors Federico Blee, letters Clayton Coles. Ooh, you mean VCs, Clayton Coles. That cover by Ben Harvey. Mm-hmm. It was, it was this issue and it was the Spider-Man issue where the letters were doing work. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the different affectations of demons both having demons taking over their souls, essentially, 
and how that shows up on the page through the boxes. Yeah, it's good stuff. It helps too when when you're trying to differentiate kind of where the story is going. Like even with Nightcrawler in this instance of seeing that turn, right? Yeah. The lettering really makes yeah an impact it. on the personas of the characters. Yeah. Some dating issues with forget me not and lost. Uh, something, something's not connecting. Oh, man. Did you Maybe forget to put your thing in and yeah. remember me? Right. We're we're trying to break into Nightcrawler's house. Cipher and then Juggernaut seems to affect their attitude. As I was reading into, they they just kind of getting a little rowdy about it. But don't worry. We've got a secret way in, thanks to Lost, who knows about the backdoor booty call entrance. Freaking Nightcrawler, <laughs> the backdoor booty call entrance. Legion of Sex. Oh, God. And who should appear at this time of need? What was it? He's the person that called. Banshee? Kind of? Kind of Banshee, but also, you know, I happen to have this other title now. The Spirit of Vengeance is no big deal. This this ancient cosmic power that rebelled against the self-defeating concept of revenge it became something new. The Spirit of Variance plus Banshee equals Oops. Vox Ignis. Oopsies, I said the Spirit of Vengeance. That was incorrect. That's Ghost Rider. <laughs> but the Spirit of Variance is a Spirit of Vengeance, just... With some variants. A more specific one. Yeah. As we find out in the data page later on. And this gate is wobbly. Right. It's not letting them in. Well, there's something off with Krakoa. His, Doug's link with Krakoa has been severed. Because also Doug's link with Warlock has been severed. Yeah. They are the, the dynamic duo, the... The team I don't, Supreme. I, I don't like this. No. I don't like what's happening to my guy over here. Doug? Yeah, no. No, Warlock. Well, Warlock, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the... Uh, it's Warlock. He's integrated with the island. It's nerve endings. It's roots, fibers. Wait, what? Since when? Ah, always. Just from the beginning. All the time. Don't worry about it. Just read Inferno. We just didn't tell you guys about it, but it's kind of been a thing. 2021's Inferno, not 1980-something Inferno. I'm going to say 1986. Ooh. Beep boop pop boop beep boop boop. Nineteen eighty nine. Ooh. I'm gonna say nineteen eighty nine. Oh no, no. <laughs> no. No. Don't edit that. What happens in this data page? As we explain the spirit of variance's development from the spirit of vengeance, or or one of the spirits of vengeance. The different spirits that create the different ghost riders. It's basically the spark version of Ghost Rider Spirits. Mm. I'm going to try new things. Great. Thank you for explaining that. Thanks, Clea. Or just all Sorcerers Supreme, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, let's recap our previous reality incursion and demonic transformation scenario, because that's happening right now in Spider-Man and X-Men comics. Mm-hmm. As we throw back to the death of Doctor Strange and X-Men, Jax has a power emerging. Her power activates a random mutant signature in a human for one hour. Oh. Whatever makes us us, it lies dormant in them, question mark. Yeah. Well, how come they didn't tell me that I had mutant powers? I don't know, feelings. They yeah. didn't want to they didn't want to dig up some stuff with that. This line What well, did you did you not catch that? The the O? Jax's power in, in this page. No, I, this page was really, I just was like, oh, God. And so, well, they, the <laughs> way that they 
tell us that is from Orcus, they have these tests, right? That yes. test okay. if you're a mutant or not. And if she touches a flatline, flat scan human, they start to show a random mutant power and test positive on this test for up to an hour. Interesting. So she is able to turn them into a mutant on everything that registers as such. I, I would assume that they could walk through the gates of Krakoa. Just for an hour. Just for an hour. That's dangerous. Right. Well, especially if they knew. Right. Like if Orcus got that information, oh, yeah. if the U-Men got that information, oh, yeah, yeah. this makes Jax a very important player mm-hmm. in the war of human versus mutant. Nemesis just coming out flat with it. What? I didn't tell you? You didn't know? Yeah, mm-hmm. feelings. His line, second string air minotaur versus wealthy himbo mothman, best. <laughs> it was just the best, right? So this is Nightcrawler versus Archangel mm-hmm. in just sassy Dr. Nemesis terms. <laughs> and also his line to Jax of just like, also, would you like to try some of my cerebrally harvested psychedelics? You seem like the sort of angry, self-destructive damage type who is simply perfect for my research. <laughs> ah, I love it. Ah, uh, Nemesis. And we get we get this reason why she's here and how Warren became who he is right mm-hmm. now. She came to talk to Warren about her ability and has a vision while setting him off. And I think like is this Mother Righteous potentially? This this vision in Oh, maybe. She referred Red to it face, as yellow eyes could some be. woman's face. I don't know. Horrible grin. It's either Mother Righteous or the mother at the end of the issue. Mm. Mythomancy is what we're talking about. So you take something real and you rewrite it. You use people's beliefs and prejudices to bend the rules to embellish. You have become the basis of a mutagenic spell. Mm. So this is this is probably the complex part that you were like, what the heck's going on? Yeah, I have on? no idea. Right. So this is talking about Jax's mutant power, mm-hmm. but also talking about some interference from a magical influence. On the other side. Okay. So something has taken your ability and kind of amped it up a little bit because she didn't touch Nightcrawler. Right. To my knowledge. But who knows? That back door is open for everyone. Right. Anyone can go in. Anyone can go in there. But it's turned up to a different level and it's making them see. You know, they're becoming who they believe they are seen as, who they believe they are. That's Mm. why... Nightcrawler is seemingly becoming a demon because everyone treats him as such. Ah. Archangel is becoming this giant monster because he feels like that's his insecurities playing out. Interesting. Does that help? It does. Because I didn't get that. I wouldn't. I'm not going to lie to you. Men become demigods. Natural events become the work of spirits and angels. And a grumpy heroine who gives people random superpowers becomes the basis for a mutagenic spell. Everyone secretly suspects mutants are just monsters, don't they? Someone's used you to make it come true. And we get an aside. A nice little visit to Charles Xavier. I bet you love these pages. I did. (laughs) You tell him, Blindfold. You tell him. Settle your differences with Legion. Legion. Oh, man. This page with Legion meditating, Mm. essentially meditating with Xavier's skull in his hand. Yeah. Oh, man. Thinking about all the things and he can't let go. This really... Does some great character work for Legion. Yeah. He was over here, but I put him over. He's waving hey, on, Legion. on the shelf over there. But this was intense. Just the fact that we get a psyched into Legion's psyche. Mm-hmm. What's going on in his mind. And blindfold savagery in this one-on-one. <laughs> 
you don't speak to me of control. Like This is not my fault. It's, it's got to be his mother's. Will you tell him that? If you truly believe that the great telepath who is given to scrying for mutants the world over had no idea, no suspicion of his own inconvenient legacy, tell him you simply didn't know, Professor, because at the moment it reads a lot like you didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Which is true. Like, I also love when he's like, oh, David sent you. And she's like, I sent myself. Right, right. Well, I mean, if that was always the very flimsy response from Xavier. That, like, I never knew. Like, your, your nine to five is scanning the world for powerful mutants. Right. And you're telling me that you didn't know that there was A, a powerful mutant, and B. That he was your son. He was your son. Yeah. You knew. You just didn't want to know. Right. You just tell him, tell him something because you're not telling him anything. Computer open file, contingency operations, code name, What does Daedalus. it mean? I wrote, what is Daedalus? Daedalus is Icarus's father. Oh. Icarus who flew too close to the sun. Yes. The original Icarus. Not Icarus the Eternal. No. Or Icarus the Mutant. Oh, geez. Germany crickets. Germany crickets. Oh, we're going to Germany. This Nightcrawler is struggling. These changes to his appearance is one thing, but his heart the influence of this spell and how it's affecting who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Mistrusting his spirit. A shared acknowledgement from Jax, who has a, a similar demon to wrestle with. <laughs> He's called Krampus. And we get our second holiday reference. Ah, it's Krampus! <laughs> I was in an art class the other day and the professor had a Krampus t-shirt on. Oh my gosh. And he was like, could you could you not take pictures of me wearing this t-shirt? <laughs> Please it's don't get this very, shirt. Very not representative of the program. <laughs> it was more of an inside joke for my students. <laughs> that's funny. Like, ah, that's great. I love it. But Nightcrawler knows where we are, knows where this is. He's been here before. Knows who this is. Oh. Do you know who this is? Well, I um, I don't know, because he says, Mommy. <laughs> Not Mommy. He says, Mommy. Mammy. Mammy. So I was like, okay, is this the woman who raised him? Because yes. Mystique is his mother. Margali Zardos. The woman, the mystic magic manipulator who raised him and Amanda Sefton. Oh, yeah. Let's not go there. Yeah. All right. We don't have to. <laughs> but that's where we leave the winding way, which is the source of Margali's power, her magic, the winding way and righteous mother, which could apply to both. Because mm, this the implication is that she is the one who casts the spell. Oh, yeah. Is she Mother Righteous? Uh, I don't think so. Are they friends? Maybe. Maybe they're in cahoots. Maybe cahoots. she's done a, a little pentagram heart sacrifice like Shaw. And... Oh, yeah. Maybe. What do you think now? Big picture afterwards. Is I that... just don't like it. You don't like this title? I don't. I. It's like... I, I, I think some of the things are interesting. I'm interested in Mother Righteous. I think it's cool that there's this like sort of other way that this demonic entity is entering Krakoa and I am intrigued by what's happening. Like for me, the, the story point in this that I'm the most interested in is what's happening with, with Warlock and Krakoa and potentially the phalanx or all of that. Yeah, like, that, that blue spirit. We didn't really yeah. talk about that. That blue spirit that now has connected with him that has severed the connection. I feel like that is what they were talking about and what's changed within Warlock. Yeah, I just think that I 
this this book is too heavy for me. It's yeah. too deep. It's too much to decipher. I feel like I almost feel dumb when I'm reading it. And so I like kind of turn off. Like I just don't process it. In in a different way, like, you know, we were talking similarly about that with Marauders last week where you were talking about how, like, you got to this, to a certain point and you just kind of, like, checked out and you were just sort of skimming it. Like, with this, I read the words and I'm just like, I don't know what I just read. Mm. And sometimes I feel like I should just go back and reread a page, but then I just look at the amount of words on that page and I say, no, that's okay. Justin will tell me. <laughs> Honestly, truly, I – it's – you know, it might be an interesting, so like instead of trying to force yourself to, to read through it, if there's something like, like read through it as you do, mm-hmm. instead of going back and reading it, then wait until we talk about it and then take a crack at it again. Like now that you, cause I think that that would give you a different view of the issues that have come before this, that, okay, you have a general sense of where it went afterwards. We've mm. talked about it. So it might change how you feel. Maybe. But I just think it's, for me, it's the language. Like, I think when you say it and you explain it, I'm like, oh, that's what they were saying? Like, the language feels like they're using a lot of big words. or it's Highfalutin. Like, yeah, it's like when you talk to somebody who's, like, very smart, but they you're unsure if they're speaking the way that they're speaking because that's just what comes natural to them or that they're trying to, like, flaunt their smarts at you. And make you feel small. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel when I read this. And I don't think at all that that's the writer's intent. I just, I don't enjoy it because I don't comprehend it as well. And so then it makes me just feel like it's homework mm-hmm. and not fun. Hmm. But I'm interested in the story points. Like I like talking about it because I like you you explaining it to me. And yeah. then going, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting. And I think there's a lot of really cool like plot twists and turns. Like I think the the connection between Legion and Charles and sort of like what's going to happen with their relationship and how that affects Charles as a whole, yeah, when that's you were, really cool. When you were saying your favorite plot point, and I was like, that that's probably one of, if not my favorite plot point, is the Legion story yeah. and how it connects to Charles. Yeah, like I like the story points. I just don't, I can't digest the story itself as well, like yeah. the narration. Um, and, but, and yeah, like I've been waiting for something to happen with, with, warlock and his connection inside and embedded in krakoa since like we saw doug touch that leaf and we started talking about how warlock was embedded in krakoa and what that could mean and what that could result in like i've been waiting for this so oh we all been waiting right i'm not saying i'm the only one i'm just saying that's so i want that like i want that story yeah you know i i really like this i really like this issue i really enjoy where this title has gone because i will say that Legion of X was towards the bottom for me initially mm. at the start. You know, it was it was above Marauders, but there has been some shifts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am really enjoying where the size of this story is going, even if I'm not liking what they're doing to my guy. Yeah, but it also leads into Sins of Sinister, and that's interesting and right. that's cool. Yes, uh, yeah, like I want to know how that all connects yeah. for sure. Wise guy 73 1701. I know y'all's hatred for Charles, <laughs> but my heart is really breaking for the Xavier family. Oh man. 
I just want to be clear. I don't hate Charles. It's just me. Alicia hates Charles. And I, I did that me. and I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen, you can you should stop taking the blame. Yeah, sure. You know, because he's done some things. All and- you did was show me that the Charles Xavier that Patrick Stewart is is not the Charles Xavier that is in the comics. Right. And James McAvoy captures it a little bit better. In, <laughs> yes. in especially in Apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. There is a sense of arrogance that Charles Xavier has that I do not like. And it is unexplainable because there are other characters who are just as arrogant, if not more, that I love. Right. So, but I just don't like him. And it's not your fault, Justin. Okay? Just relieve yourself of that <laughs> burden. It is not your fault. But also, to Wise Guy's point, that is a really great story thread. Yes. And, and it's some some baggage, some trauma that has needed to be dealt yes. with for a very long time. Totally. So I'm here for that. But at the same time, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Rodro liked Legion of X, but isn't wild about the art. It looks like the art on a book that's soon canned. Oh. I don't know. I, I enjoy the art. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that it sticks out as... Anything like some of the other ones that are like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Or, oh, wow, like I'm really, really digging this. But some of the action sequences are really great. These, this is also a new art team. I don't recall Nitho Diaz other than maybe mm. on the last issue of Legion of X. It used to be Jan Baldelzua on the first arc, which mm. I really did enjoy her art. But the, the colors are still popping for me. Yeah, I love the colors in that book. It, the differences of the colors, too, from one mm-hmm. to the other. But, you know, we got our opinions. Everybody has their own thoughts, and they're all valid. Curls wants us to walk through Jax's power. Do they only affect physical mutations? So I think that that was, I had that in my mind as we were talking through the issue. And I think we got to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think it only affects physical mutations. I think it affects mutants and humans in different ways. And I think it also, because we're not seeing it in its, original pure form we're seeing it impacted by this the spell Mm -hmm. that i'm not entirely sure how it would affect mutants otherwise because i feel like there's there's influence that we haven't yet fully unraveled yeah the way that it taps into how these people view themselves i think it's going to play a role as the story unfolds and we're going to learn more about it Yeah, yeah yeah for sure like with them at the same time yeah They'll figure it out while we figure it out. Together. Yay. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> You've been waiting for it. I'm so ready. Dark Web. X-Men. Number one. Eee! Look at the cover. I love it. So good. Do you know who this is on the cover? No. Tell me. It's Phil Noto. Phil Noto. It's a Phil Noto layered cover. Come Justin on. Justin loves it. I love it. I mean, it says Noto on the rock, too, but. Okay, yeah, now I see that. My bad. <laughs> no, also, I was trying not to look around oh, for good, the good, artist's good, name good. when you asked me because I was trying not to cheat. Great, okay? great. No, I appreciate that. Because if I said that, then you would have been like, how did you know? You don't actually know artists unless they're Joshua Cassara or Rod Reese. <laughs> Maybe Matteo Lale. <laughs> this is less about <laughs> me being a jerk and more about trying to have a conversation of recognizing visual art styles. I'm not saying you're being a joke jerk. I, I'm just saying you'd call me out. Play the tape. Play, play, play the tape. Play the tape from earlier. Remember when I called you Spider-Man? Play and you were like, oh my God, I want to marry you again. Play that tape. Yeah. 
playing both tapes. Oh, God. All right. Let's play the page turn noise, except it's never played. It's always real and live. The holidays are magic, and that's bad news this year. Ooh. J. Jonah Jameson. I love this. I mean, this is oh, this is yes. New Mutants style. Mm-hmm. You know, Rod's recent run on New Mutants with Vita Ayala, these pages, these just beautiful recap pages, storybook pages, yeah. the, the corners. I got so excited to see the storybook page idea coming back because yeah. I loved that so much in those issues of New Mutants. And honestly, I have missed Rod Reese's art. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was, you know... When I knew that he was going to be doing this book, I got really excited. But just seeing his art here and just throughout this whole book, I love his art so much. Yeah. And we're getting throwbacks to Storm and Ilyana. Mm-hmm. We're getting some nods to Inferno with Nastier in the top right corner. Mm-hmm. Dark Child in the center and Sim in the top left. And just... Yeah, that that New Mutants throwback given us that art page. I love how detailed she goes into this humble bragging story that you know. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, you know, do what you do and throwing hands and but Sometimes then you end up running limbo. Right. At the end, that slide in the last detail at the end about what's going on now. Oh, uh, and then maybe I gave Madeline Pryor limbo. Mm-hmm. But I made a promise. Yeah, but she can't hurt Krakoa. I do like that magic is, you know, okay, a couple of things. One, this first couple of pages, I could see where you might be having AXE flashbacks and thinking that I'm going to say, oh, this is just a rehash of what happened before. But like, I like the story, so I don't mind hearing it. And it's sort of like from a slightly different perspective. And two, I like that magic isn't just straight up giving up on the change that Maddie made. And she still at this moment believes there could be a difference in Maddie or that it won't be as bad as the last time or that Maddie has still and somehow changed. Because I think that it's important in the grand scheme of things, like of some of the stuff you were talking about before of like what people might not like about the dark web story is that people will feel or some people feel that this kind of disregards what happened in New Mutants. And so I think it's important that Magic is making the statement about it and kind of saying, I don't think that that's the case. And, you know, we'll find out whether she's right or not. Um, Clearly, Maddie has still got some evil bones in her body. Um, And it's the the debate back and forth of it's, is it evil bones or is it a wound that never healed, right? A wound that has just festered over these years Mm -hmm. that she has still felt like and been treated as this nothing person Mm -hmm. and that you know it's hard because i don't know the identities of clones and like making people a different person and that that's hard you know we're all talking about science fiction so Mm -hmm. difficult but does she or should she have more right and agency as this person that has been living and has been making decision and and for the longest time, didn't know that she was a clone. Right. Right. The New York Christmas of hell. Yeah. So those first few pages are... Oh, I love this. I love this panel, though. The, the All the monsters coming from the out from under the Christmas tree. Yeah. I really like the detail of them like getting into their suits and Cyclops having to close his eyes so he can pull his little yeah, yeah, hood yeah. up. 
McCowell. Oh, that was funny. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I do the the Krakoan bright side, you know, like, well, I mean, she did promise not to attack yeah. Krakoa, so that's that's a positive, that's right? That's a positive. It's a title page. Christmas special. Trees will be trimming. Dun dun dun. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Rod Reese. Letters, Corey Petit. VCs, Corey Petit. A cover by Phil Noto. Woohoo. Forge and his toys. I'm I'm excited to see the rest of the X-Men team getting up in this dark web story. Right. Well, yeah, cuz it also, I mean, I'm fine with the fact that it's a little split, you know. Mm-hmm. The the four that are the main characters of this right. should be right. based on Their the connection. narrative, right? right? But to to also have reason and and really good call out like Forge and Sync are working on this. I'm I'm concerned as to why Sync is constantly He's always at, at the desk, yeah. right? Maybe Alpha Laura is also there well, and that's maybe why they're having some rekindling time. Right, sure. Yes, that's a possibility. We don't know. That will be our headcanon. <laughs> that's what they're doing. But Forge, Forge has this Krakoa gun, and he is taking down the demon bikes and yeah. things. I love all the demon inanimate objects. Oh, yeah. Well, you're going to love Inferno. I can't wait. The mannequins are alive. Oh, the this bikes is terrifying. Are alive. Terrifying and not in a fun, sexy, and comedic <laughs> way. This, this issue is so funny. I love it. Vaderino commented, "Is like I was not expecting it to be this funny." And it was like, "No, this is this is Jerry. Jerry right? is funny. He is a funny guy." And it, it's interesting. We were talking to him about it. Like his his backstory, his background was punching up material, yeah. writing writing jokes, improving on jokes for award ceremonies and for hosting yeah, shows. He is a funny guy. He's got good humor. He knows how to make a joke land in the right way that it's not like pulling you from the story but it's just giving you a like <laughs> character moment yeah as we split the party the main cast go into limbo i love this panel though you know this is probably my favorite panel of the week oh this the team in action fighting everybody mm-hmm. and oh, this is this it's a drop and shot equivalent in my mind oh snap the okay one stepping disc coming up and then the three of them going through the stepping disc. Is that the one you're talking about? The top panel. The top panel where they're fighting. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that is an amazing, it's an amazing panel. Yeah. Like that, that's something that. I really love the way that you can see through Cyclops's eye beam there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. a cool detail. Like it's not this like thick ray of light that you can't see through. It's just this dissipating concussive force they're not lasers they're not lasers well (laughs) the people who are staying out in the streets they're burning up the demons they're freezing the demons they gotta watch out for the ones that are flying we've got our amazing friends left behind but let's not skip over jack and jill a love story these two jackhammers. Oh, I love them. Who, who Vaderino again? He was calling for an X Men Unlimited follow up on their story. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill. Uh, the jackhammers that we didn't know we needed to have more of. Yes. I think you should probably watch out on that flying demon. Especially as, maybe that tree. Yeah. I just I give demons the business. When I see demons, I give them the business. <laughs> I love the lines. I love yeah. it. I love the lines and I love the art. 
Yeah, the art is so good. It's like, it's so, Rod's art style is just perfect for this, yeah. you know? It's so expressive in the faces, but it's just so sweep you into it. Mm-hmm. This, the boom, boom on the tree and not that boom, boom, mm-hmm. but the tree coming to life on these bottle, bottom panels. It's so amazing. I've talked about this to you personally, the the short film Treevenge. Oh, yeah. Where it's basically the uprising of Christmas trees. Oh, my gosh. That has always stuck with me. This is so Treevenge right now. That was like a short film that I watched in college. I was like, this is cool. You can Google it probably. YouTube it or something. Google it. Google it. I like, you know, in this, okay, we've got to take down the tree. Spider-Man's here to help. So many things are funny to me, like, Firestar being unsure, like, are you sure these are just like objects and they don't have like, they're not people? Just give they them the seem, business. They seem to have like personalities and the the fire department being like, stop, stop. Just, you guys just stop. You're making it worse. The We saw that panel, I'm pretty sure, at New York Comic Con or a preview panel mm. in the last couple of weeks of the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. This is mm-hmm. the thing that everybody's been wanting ever since... Firestar and Iceman were announced to be on the same team. Well, there you go. There you have it. As he swings in with the sass, Spider-Man. <laughs> you know, you just get to everlasting life and now you immediately start a war on Christmas. <laughs> we picked up Havoc and we're hanging out in limbo. We tried to go far away, but unfortunately, Madeline knows we're here. Yeah, as this rock gets hurtled to them. And them just, the Summers boys just like, ah, oh, we have a history with rocks. I don't want to have to deal with this. Yeah, it hurt me. I That's why I can't control my powers, allegedly. Oh, man. I don't know that story. Do I? That's not explicitly in an issue. It's the backstory history of Cyclops and Havoc jumping from a plane, their parents... Uh letting them go and then later being captured by the Shi'ar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Them falling to the ground, only having one parachute, Cyclops hits his head on a rock and has or has not been attributed to be the reason why he can't control his eye beams. I see. But yeah. no time for that. Sleep demons are sleep here. Demons. I love sleep demons. They're so cute. I what? like when they give themselves, themselves each a high five. Like, yeah, we did it. We put them to sleep. Yeah. Saving that dog. <laughs> uh, as the tree starts vomiting everywhere oh it's just must so have been silly. all that plastic yeah this is a bummer of a tree i love this conflicted feeling of not wanting to destroy christmas mm-hmm. but also not wanting everyone to die right? right i want to save people but i also don't want to ruin their holiday they're here in new york they right. spent a lot of money someone was it firestar was like my dad is coming in next yeah. week to see the tree her her disappointment on her face too like just like the biting the lip like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh man i kind of feel weird I feel like that just speaks to the expressiveness of Rod's art. Mm-hmm. I love this next page where this little kid is upset and they're like, I saw it eat Santa. Yeah, and Spider-Man's did. like, that's okay. Santa's a mutant. We'll resurrect him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. But Spider-Man's got to go because this is the nod that we were talking about earlier where Norman gives him that distress call. Yeah. I got to go help Norman. Which, the whipping away. You know, take it from me. Don't get cloned. And that's one to grow on, my amazing friends. Don't get cloned, even though that's kind of your whole thing with the Keebler elf tree, right? <laughs> they are cloning themselves, essentially. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. 
cut to the dungeons, the traps, the jail cells, all the ways in which our team are being held captive. So Gene and Magic. Stuck in a spell with guards all around. And the the Summers brothers in a regular old jail cell. And Sky Dungeons (laughs) as this hilarious Goblin Prince callback. What are you wearing? I don't know. Stop changing the subject. (laughs) Oh, my God. I cackled. I laughed so hard out loud. Give me a break. I woke up like this. Stop changing the subject. We were maybe finally getting somewhere. Oh, sorry, Havoc. Well, it's, it's just his line on the other page where the the Sky Dungeons, and he's talking about just how he identifies with what Maddie's gone through, what she's mm-hmm. been going through. She's She and he feel this not being the person in charge, being the person left behind, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. What are you wearing? <laughs> oh, man. Unfortunately, boys, you're not alone. No. Someone's come to throw chains. She's not taking it. Down, Summers Brothers. I'm going to get everything I want, and you two can watch. Oof. Ooh, Maddie. Okay, not good, but also, Maddie looks gorgeous. Good job, Rod Reese. I said it. Oh, my God. I said it last week. I would totally have this Maddie as an action figure. Yes. You know, I I do want classic Goblin Queen Maddie, but But I like this this suit. I like this. I like this crown. I'm here for these boots. Oh, can we talk about how much I love this data page? This is just, this is, uh, you know, just you want to put a, fun. a cherry on top of the, we're having fun here. And it's, right. Jerry's like, okay, I'm going to do a Christmas episode, but really only in one page. Right. I, I think these gifts, like, they make sense. Yeah. I mean, Cyclops bringing a Band of Brothers <laughs> DVD set, like. Autographed by Tom Hanks. But come on, nothing is more suited for a Cyclops gift. Oh. Any other standout favorites of the gifts? Well, Michael Loves Mariah Carey had called out it being a shame that we didn't get to see Firestar's gift. Mm. And I'd agree. I feel like it reminds me of the the sword, the Cerebro sword, yeah, and what? how we didn't get to see that formed. Yeah. That sounds like a really beautiful... But at the same time, it's like, okay, will it be as beautiful or as interesting right, as it could as be, in, it could be in imagination, right? That's that's the the part of literature that makes you finish right. it in your head versus what comics explicitly shows you. Right. Iceman's gift of the the, the hoodie sold outside with Iceman's handsome face on it. The hoodie of himself. It. I love it. I would also like to see Forge Forge's gift, a living clock that displayed the full date that was made with nothing more than flowers from Krakoa. Well, I think that's what they were talking about was that's the gift that Firestar got. Oh, I'm I'm pretty sure that they were talking about the one that Firestar made that Sink goes home with. Oh. An interesting art piece yes. made of carbon okay. and diamonds. Yeah. I mean, both of those. Both of those. I feel like those gorgeous. are the, the key yeah. gifts. The asteroid's interesting. But mm-hmm. As I prepare for a white elephant gift exchange of my own. <laughs> Reunited, and it feels so bad. Reu- hey, that's my thing. I know. I took it from you. Uh. <laughs> Big picture. Nah, you say it. Come on, you're upset. Ask it. Big picture, what did you think? <laughs> I really enjoyed this issue. I re- I'm here for Dark Web. I love this story. I was so happy to have Rod back in a book so I could look at his art and enjoy it. And I think 
now I'm going to be upset with myself because I can't remember his name. But the artist that drew New Mutants in the past, that drew the demon bear. Bilson Kevich. Yes. Okay. We've talked about how Rod Reese's art reflects that. Yeah, a little bit. And I think that is such a fitting style for a story that is talking about demons and limbo and... It, I feel that vibe from the way that he draws the demons and I love it so much. And it's just something about the like the line work, the lightness, like the thin lines that he draws. I just, I don't know. I love his art so much. And yeah. his facial details are insane. Like insane. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I love it. Um, but as far as the story goes, I there's generally not a book that Jerry writes that I don't enjoy. I really like the dynamics of the story. I'm excited for Dark Web as a whole. Um, interested to see kind of the the arc that Magic and Maddie go on and, and where that leaves the two of them. I like that this feels like you could read just the, the X-Men mini and still get a good sense of what Dark Web is without having to read all of Dark which, Web. Which is kind of back to House of Rhetorica's question of, should I read Dark Web? Mm. It's really it's a choose-your-own-adventure right. of how much you want to dial in on. I think that's something that's really well done by them, by the, the Dark Web team, and to right out the that. gate, right. right? To say in that first issue, these are the books that you should read if you want to follow these individual arcs and making it feel very clear that each book that you're reading is that is the focus of that story. And you're not missing out on the character development for the characters that you are interested in by not reading the full arc. You're not two issues in and then realizing Death to the Mutants is actually an Eternals book. <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Jerry can write event tie-ins all day in my mind. Yes. You know, I'm, totally. I'm just going to come in to your fully formed idea, have some fun with my pieces that I'm playing with, and then also throw in some silliness and action. But top it all off with beautiful action pages from Rod. Yes. And you just, I, I am here for this. I want the next issue. Yeah. I'm really happy with it. Brian CG74 calling out Spider Friends in Dark Web. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And was the dog a Miss Lion Easter egg? So we talked about Miss Lion a couple weeks, if not a month ago, and asking if it was. So Miss Lion of the 616 is Aunt May's dog. Miss oh, Lion right. of the Amazing Friends universe is Angelica's dog. Oh. Which I don't think she has had a dog in the 616. It was all all about that butter rum. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not sure if it was a Miss Lion Easter egg just because it was a beagle. And Miss Lion is a different type of dog. Ah, oh, well, then. But here for it. <laughs> Mike loves, we love an Easter egg. Yeah. Mike loves Mariah Carey. Love the evil scooters. Yes. Forge's new plant making gun and the amazing friends reunion again. It's the thing that we all wanted. I'm glad y'all got it. Here for the NYC Xmas. Yeah. He laughed so hard at the demon tree coming alive from poop. <laughs> 10 out of 10 book. Thank God part two is two weeks away. Can we please get issues coming out by monthly? <laughs> I don't know if I could handle that on a regular basis. Depending but on the book. Depends on the book. And right. especially, 
I, I love it to fast track progression in an event. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if the same thing happened with Devil's Reign, where I think we got those three issues pretty quickly, quickly. one after another, because that was that was January of this year oh, yeah. when it was light otherwise in X-Men books. It seems like Dark Web as a whole moves pretty quickly. Yeah. Like- it's, it's December, January, and just a little into February. But to have all those issues across... Basically a month and a half because we right. just started that's, last week. That's like every week there's at least one. Yeah. There's a couple next week. Okay. Let's go. Warline didn't enjoy Dark Web X-Men. Oh, no. He said it was lame except for the Summers Brothers conversation at the end. I'm sorry you felt that way. I I'd almost I want to tease out a little bit more and, and find out why. Why? Yeah. What didn't you like? Tell us. Vaderino, I'd mentioned the unexpected humor in it and wanting the Jack and Jill jackhammers, but also all of the demon objects are his favorite. Yes, I agree. Vader, you know, you get me. I love demonic things. Like even when we were reading X-Men 92 and you were like, I don't like those evil looking Krakoan things. And I was like, I love those little demon Krakoans. It was less that they were evil. It was more about they were, they were just kind of creepy. I like creepy. Yeah, sure. And gross. But not beast. No, that's disgusting. <laughs> that's different. That's vile. Vile. That's all we got. That's all we got for this week. What do we got next week? Well, what do you? What did you think of the week as a whole? The week as a whole was fantastic. Fantastic. A little gra- brain scratchy. A little. A little blood and guts. It's like I. I know that the brain scratchy is coming with Legion of X, that's and part I know of the comics. to just like take a deep breath and read it, you know. And I'm trying to have a more open mind and not come into conversations about the books with negativity, but more so questions, you know, like. Yeah. Trying to get a deeper understanding of them as how they play into everything as a whole. Because you also, you got to feel your feelings. You right. know, you got to let that out because other people are going to identify with that right. and, and where they fell on the spectrum of enjoyment. It was interesting because there was a post kind of recently in the House of X Facebook group where someone, I, th- I think it may have been Dylan, who posed the question of what books have you dropped, you know, since recently or whatever what books have you dropped and legion of x was one of the books that a lot of people dropped i think it was also yeah i saw that and i had been talking to a couple of people that dropped it before issue six i see and issue six in my mind was a big turn mm-hmm. because i mean issue five also but then issue six was like okay this is this is solid and then seven and eight in my mind have been the tops it's yeah, it's interesting because it feels like it's a book that is very consequential Mm-hmm. to Krakoa but I can understand what turns people away from it in the the being able to process it as you're reading you know like right. that's that's the tricky part it's like you want to keep reading because you want to know and you want to have all the information when you're going into the other books and you want to know how the world as a whole is being affected but then you're like oh what did I what did I even read but overall, I mean, I really enjoyed this week. I probably could say it 800 more times, but I'll just say it one more time that I'm really thrilled about Dark Web. I'm really enjoying it and excited for where it's going to go. The humor of death. I would say like this was an overall like a very witty, fun, yeah. funny week of comics. Yeah, I would agree with that. You get the jokes in Spider-Man, you get the, the ridiculousness in Deadpool, and then you get even more jokes and ridiculousness in Dark Web X-Men. Yes. Okay, so now tell me what we get next week. We have technically six books. Okay. Three Dark Web books. Okay. Three X-Men books. Okay. And there is no 
crossover in the Venn diagram of books. Okay. So if you're here for the dark web story, Mary Jane and Black Cat number one, ooh, which I think ooh, you're gonna, ooh. I think oh, you're really yeah, gonna I'm enjoy. So excited! Yeah. Watch out, dark web is gonna make my reading list hella long. Yeah, reading list on Marvel Unlimited because we don't need to be keeping up with all of these in real time. Uh, whatever. Gold Goblin number two, which hey, I have Gold Goblin number one. If you want to read before, maybe that I'm happens. off next week, so. Watch out. I might uh-huh. read all the books before you. What if I go to the comic shop on Wednesday? You should come to the comic shop on Wednesday because they just remodeled. Oh, I should go. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I have a holiday party, but I'll be here beforehand. I think I'm going to work from home. Anyway, that's Inside Baseball. <laughs> Dark, <laughs> Web, <laughs> Dark Web Miss Marvel number one Ooh, is also coming out next also week. Also coming out. And then for our X-Men fans, the reason that we're here and have a podcast X-Men Annual number one. Oh, cool. I have been holding off. I have a Firestar Marvel Legends action figure. I have been holding off opening that, I think, for this issue. So you can open her and have her on the table. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I almost opened it when she was announced on the team because it's been on my shelf for a while. Yes. I just haven't. So this might be the moment. This might be the moment. It could be it. Wolverine number 28. Oh. Yes. Some some more beast related material. Let's go. And Sabretooth and the Exiles number two. Man, it's gonna be a great week. Big wins. I'm so excited. Yeah. There's nothing I'm huffing and puffing about in that week. That's good. I love it. I love it. Here for that. Hey y'all. Friendly reminder that we've got some other things outside of the podcast that are related to the podcast going on. So we have a Patreon. You can search the Ex-Wife Podcast on Patreon. And for just $3 a month, you get one mini episode every week. So granted, there are weeks here and there, maybe once every couple of months where we miss one. But it's just $3 a month and you're getting afterthoughts essentially every week uh, where we kind of revisit the books and kind of spiral into theories and nonsensical conversations. And then we also have a tea Public page with some pretty fun designs. And so if you're looking for last-minute holiday gifts, the Ex-Wife Podcast got you. Great merch. It's great, great merch. merch. I do want to call out, because I, I didn't bring it up earlier, but Remy had messaged me after last issue. Oh, right. And yes, I had mentioned you have it, to share this. I mentioned it in the Patreon issue episode yesterday, but he he pointed out the idea that, well, how does a mass know strife? What if a mass and Kate merged? Yes. That is a mass's power. And there are panels of them basically talking to themselves and saying, hey, stop talking to yourself. Someone's going to think something's crazy going on. Right. So that was a mind-blowing revelation by Remy. And so glad that you remembered to say that because, yeah, those are the kinds of things that we love, you know? Theories, ideas, conversations. Details. Details. And those are the kinds of things that we kind of dig into when we look back on the issues. We 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 care less if we're correct or making any sense in those moments. And we just spitball ideas and have crazy thoughts about the issues. So check us out on Patreon. But anyway, either way, we're so grateful for your support. And, you know, I always get really mushy gushy and sappy around this time of year when I start to like sit back and think about what what a the year has been and I just am forever grateful for the situation that led us to starting this podcast to 
deepening my love for cosplay to meeting all of these wonderful people to interacting with all of you to sharing in this nerdy life that we all have together and I just I'm I'm really thankful that you are interested in what we have to say and that you support us and that you are along for this crazy journey with us so there you go. There's sappy, emotional Alicia for you. I have no emotions. I'm a robot, yeah. as Alicia likes to remind me. I'll have all the emotions for both of there us. There you go. I do want to thank everybody and also shout out, you know, robot numbers. Beep, boop, boop. <laughs> we had like our highest downloaded episode last week. Really? And it came out days later. Wow. I, I think, you know, we said it before. The big issues or the the big weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, I didn't read that or I didn't read this one. Right. You know, because the swings between that week and the one two weeks before of it just being exterminators. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's only one issue and I'm reading it. Right. But happy to share our thoughts. Happy to interact with you all. Love hearing from you on social media, primarily or on Instagram. Yeah. I Just being honest. I would say that's probably, if I had to think about the year as a whole and think like, okay, what's one addition that we've made to the podcast or like the culture of our show? The the interactions on Instagram, the asking the questions and the poll and, and all of that, having your input and your thoughts really enhances our ability to have conversations about the books. And it really means a lot to know that you're interested in what we think you know so and we're interested in what you think yes, because you bring totally. up some great points yeah i mean warline I, I love you man you're you're like the continuity police yeah i, I need to <laughs> i need to call marvel to get you a badge because <laughs> you're like one one line it's like hey well wait a minute hold Three, up 13 years ago <laughs> on this that one was- page <laughs> yeah no but we need that like i love that investigative sense that you all have i love the sass i love just like the, there's just different aspects of the comics that we share with so many people and that's what this is all about right creating community having conversations and digging into the nerdy things that we love so thank you all and until next time old friend charles you gonna tell me you didn't know you had a son you, you gonna tell me you didn't know you knew Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. <laughs>